0: Series called Dangerous Prayers, and it's amazing to be here with you this morning. I'm gonna ask us to read the word together as we stand, and then we'll open up in prayer, and then we'll tuck straight into it. But before we do that, I just want to give one more round of applause for the team in Camps Bay. Come on, that's amazing. Guys, I want to remind you. We're one church, not different rooms. So Malpour's Camp Table View, one church. And that is because of the generosity of this church and how we are stronger together. So we are super, super excited about launching out into a new area. But come on, Acts 4, 29. You guys can read this with me. Let's do it together now. Okay. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great Boldness. Let's open up and pray. Heavy Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to share your word again, Father God. But Lord, I pray, Lord, that today we don't leave with the same level of boldness we arrived with, but that we leave with a higher level of boldness. That Father God, you will you will empower us by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father God. Enable us, Father God, to speak your word bolder, Father God, in our dying world to be the light and the salt, to bring your name, glory in all God's people. Said Amen. As you take your seat, say, I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna be bold. The title of uh, this morning's sermon is, Lord, make me more bold. Who would love that? Who'd love to be bolder? Lord, make me more bold. And so as I start this morning, I wanna just give you a small little picture of a story I heard about a week ago, um, and it's a phenomenal story. Um, It is about a missionary. Okay, so most of you might not know this, but the the story is about the one-way missionaries. Anybody heard about the one-way missionaries? Okay, so in the 1900s, what happened is uh, America and Europe would send out missionaries into Africa, as well as uh, some of the smaller uh, New Hebrides sort of islands uh, just off the coast of Australia. And they would send these missionaries out to go and preach the gospel. Um, But now, most of you would know that if you are traveling on a holiday or on a mission trip, you would pack your suitcase. How many of you would pack a suitcase? I know my wife would pack five. Okay, we're going to Zambia, that's okay, we need a box. Hey, how many of you pack boxes? Saul packs boxes, um, because he's got a lot of clothes. But guys, you would pack your suitcase. And so what these missionaries would do is they would only book a one-way ticket and they would pack their coffins, crazy. This is a true story. They literally would pack their coffins to save space because they knew that they might not come back. You see, the average life expectancy for a missionary in any of these areas was three years. They were on mission for God. They did whatever it took they were prepared to go and one of these guys that packed his coffin and sent off on a one-way ticket was none other than one of these missionaries called peter moon now peter moan was a missionary in the 1900s and he set out to to minister to a tribe in the new hebrides islands New Hebrides islands are kind of like this, they look like Samoan islands. they like, if you took us off, to, off the coast of Australia and you drew a straight line to Honolulu, you would probably end up right in the middle. There's this group of islands. And so uh, these would be tribesmen and he set out to go and um, minister to these guys. But in 1836, the first missionaries went out to minister to these guys. And very shortly after beaching on the shore, They were killed and eaten by the tribesmen. These islands were cannibal islands. Crazy to think. Now, how many of you would still go on the trip to do this missions trip? Not for Peter Mung, he was prepared to do whatever it takes. Irrelevant of the fact that he knew that this was a one-way ticket, he was prepared to preach the gospel no matter what it took. He had a boldness about him. But I wanna tell you something about Peter Mung. He lived there for 50 years and when he died of natural causes, on his tombstone it read this, when he came there was no light, when he left there was no more darkness. When you're prepared to go, God can do something irrelevant of the threats and irrelevant of what comes against you. When you're not scared and you, you put up the, cr- the courage to go, we need to realize that he was able to give up everything for the call of Jesus. You see, he gave up his fear, he gave up his comfort, he gave up his uncertainty, he gave up security to actually go and do this. And I wanna ask you church this morning, how bold are you for Jesus? In our workplaces, uh, in, in, in the shopping malls, in traffic? <laughs> How bold are we for Jesus? How badly do you wanna be bold for Jesus? Have you ever thought about that? How badly? Do we want it enough to ask, seek, and knock until God answers that prayer for us? To even take risks beyond our comfort zone. That's what I wanna ask you, or are we gonna be those Christians that sit in our view groups weekly and get inspired by bold Christians that admire other bold Christians that are doing amazing bold things that we share as an inspiring story? Or are we prepared to pick up this mantle? And this is what I wanna talk about this morning. I wanna talk about dangerous prayers. I wanna stop with the safe prayers that say, bless me, provide for me, protect me. Are your prayers more about you or are your prayers more about God? Because if they're about God, it'll be search me, break me, send me. Now there's a battle line in our desires that cause us to actually battle with us and wrestle with us. And so if you look in Galatians chapter five, verse 17, it says this, the, say it with me, the, I need you to say it louder than that. The, do you know what the desires do? The Bible says this, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. On the contrary, it says actually the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. They get into a UFC fighting cage. They don't like each other. It says, those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you wanna do. The first step you need to realize is what is your desire? What do you desire when it comes to God? Think about it for a moment. And while you're thinking about it, I wanna let you know this battle has no stalemate. It always holds way for one. Now, as Joshua said in chapter 24, verse 15, he understood this. So Joshua said this to Israel just before he was about to die. He says, as for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. And he goes on to say, now choose this day whom you will serve. I don't know about you, but when I read that, it challenged me. It made me start to think about what does my Christian life actually look like and am I bold? You see, boldness is not about a personality trait. It's got nothing to do with being extroverted or introverted. It actually has a lot to do with your ability to do things even though you're scared. It's the ability to push through threats. You see, boldness is acting by the power of the Holy Spirit on an urgent conviction irrelevant of the threats, irrelevant of the awkwardness. It's the ability to stand up in your company and preach Jesus irrelevant of how it makes you feel. Now there's three ingredients to being a bold Christian and I want you to take these down because they're very important. If you wanna bake the cake of bold Christianity, why don't you take these three ingredients? The first one is spirit empowered conviction. We need to realize that we cannot do this on our own, that we need the help of the Holy Spirit who is Jesus' power through us so that we don't go off on our own tasks, but that we always directed towards God's will. The second thing that you need is courage, and the third thing you need is urgency. Now think about it, without conviction, you wouldn't even know what to be bold about. You need to have a conviction for what God wants in this world. You need to see the situation at where you're standing at, and what's the difference you can make. You know, so many of, of us as Christians want to be. I heard Andre said this the other day. So many Christians want to add value, but too little Christians want to be valuable. All of us want to add value. We want to go. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. That's what you need. but being valuable is saying, "I'm here. Use me, Lord. I'm in it." And that's what we need to do: is change our prayers to be prayers that have a conviction. That have courage. You know, courage is not the absence of fear. It's about doing it scared. <laughs> it's about going, I'm going to face this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And without the sufficiency of urgency, you'll never actually get the fire under your feet or the fire in your belly to get going. Now I want to ask you this morning, quick, just quickly think about it. Which one are you missing? Which ingredient here do you think that you could work more on? I don't know about you. Have you ever tried to bake a cake without eggs? <laughs> I did that. And I even tried to do it in a microwave. Lord bless me, that cake was not a cake. It was a really exploded microwave. My daughter was two and she looked at me and she said, it's wrong. <laughs> I was like, I know. But guys, you can never bake a cake without eggs, but now ask yourself the question in this ingredient, is there something missing in your Christian walk? Is there one of these areas that you need to either add this in or work on this? I wanna just share quickly, um, a story. Could we bring that that picture up of the bracelet? So just to let you know, 2013, I joined this church. I came from a Baptist church in Milneton. Um I love them. I still pray for them. But as we joined this church, uh, the very first sermon I ever heard our lead pastor Andre preach was this sermon. And he, what they did is they handed out these bracelets that said "Ask Me Why." Were any of you here at the time when this when this sermon was preached? We all got given these orange bracelets. And and the sermon was about going out into the world. World, and wearing these bracelets and then having people ask you, why are you wearing that bracelet? And then you had the opportunity to minister Jesus into the dying world. That Monday, I had three opportunities to minister uh, about Jesus. But the Monday morning, I'm busy cycling to work and I worked in Paro at the time uh, for the Fushini group. And as I was cycling, I just remember this, this sermon stirred me, the Holy Spirit kept speaking to me. You know, when you hear a sermon and then Monday morning, it's still ringing in your ears. Like when somebody claps you, bang, and it goes, it was still ringing in my, my ears and I was cycling to work and I just thought, Lord, I wanna be more bold for you. And so God said, so be more bold for me. I was like, wow, okay, Lord, I'll be bold for you. So he goes, well, start a prayer group. I was like, I could start a prayer group. He's like, no, start one this morning at your company. And I was like, I don't think the Lord's speaking to me right now. But you long story short, I'm busy cycling and I'm, and I'm trying to get uh, to this. And I just said, Lord, you know what? The conviction hit me. The Holy Spirit's conviction said, you know what, you need to start it. So I arrive at work and I go, I need to start this. So I arrive at work and I say, Lord, I will start a prayer group for you. So I get to work and as I get to my desk, I walked in and I'm just thinking about this prayer group, how I'm gonna start it. Because the first thing I thought about is, who am I gonna invite? <laughs> now, let me ask you, how many of you we just invite the Christians. <laughs> <laughs> hey? How many of you would just invite, like, let me actually just get a holy huddle together and then what we'll do is we'll get them all in one room and we'll pray. Hey, we'll... But as I was sending this email out, I put these group of names together and I'm like, these are my These are pretty warriors. Come on, there's gonna be lacquer. And something said to me, just send it to the whole mailing list of the company. It's a big company. (laughs) It's a corporate company. I was like, that's definitely not God speaking to me right now. Rebuke you, Satan, get behind me. But anyways, long story, as I'm sending this email, I send it off to the whole company. My heart goes, (laughs) thinking like, hey guys, the email read, tomorrow morning I'm starting this prayer meeting, seven o'clock in our office, it's this office, why don't you join me, we'd love you. If you want prayer, why don't you come? Or if you just wanna join for prayer, we'd love to have you there. Next morning comes, I'm sitting there six o'clock in the morning and I'm counting down the clock, tick tock, all the way to seven o'clock. I'm like, it's coming. And as it gets to seven o'clock, I'm like, oh, I've got to work. So it's like two minutes to seven and I start walking towards the office <laughs> and I just watch people's heads turn while I'm walking. They're like, we know where you going, bro. <laughs> so I start praying and I just realize, you know how many people arrived? None, <laughs> none. So I thought, oh, I'm gonna start anyway. I carried on praying. I was like, Lord, you know, you are the one that wanted to make me bold. You're the one that wanted to call me to be faithful to do this. This is yours. It doesn't belong to me. God, can you do something here? And then I just started to pray for the company. And then I started to hear the door open and close and open and close as I continued to keep praying. And when I opened my eyes, there were 15 people in this first prayer meeting and Fashini group, which is amazing because they continue to keep praying. It's so funny, every time I go and buy coffee, oh, there's the pastor. I'm like, I'm not a pasta. Like, I even had the names. They go, here comes the man of the cloth. <laughs> like, but hey, it was, it was a bold moment. And I wanna tell you something, that bold behavior is born out of our beliefs. You see, instinctively we know this, but our prayers reveal what we believe about God. Think about it. Look at somebody today and say, I want to pray more boldly. Well, then I want to ask you is what do you believe about God? How big is God to you? Think about it. And what are you prepared to do? Let me tell you a story, Joshua chapter 10. Come with me to this story. It's an amazing story. It's one of my favorite in the Bible. Joshua led the Israelite armies. He was a successful warrior, an amazing general, leader of the Israelite people. And so on this particular occasion in Joshua chapter 10, the Gideonites have called for help because you see the, the Gideonites were trade partners with Israel and five kings had come against them with their armies. They were outnumbered, under siege, and they needed help. So they cried out to Joshua, please come help. And Joshua makes a 20 mile journey. And while he's making this journey, he's praying to God. And this is what it says from verse eight, it says, do not be afraid of them. The Lord said to Joshua, for I've given you victory over them already. Not a single one of them will be able to stand against you. You see, Joshua knew the God he was praying to. God had delivered him over and over again. Joshua knew he was on mission for God. So this was not a small ask. So when Joshua decides to pray a bold prayer, he's not praying it from what can I do? He's praying it from how big God is and what can he do? So Joshua prays this prayer and it is a huge prayer. I mean, I want you to actually just, you gotta pray this with me. Uh, I'm gonna get to it. So verse 12 says, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, and Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel. So he's praying now. I want you guys to read out with me. If we can go to the next verse, everyone say the front part with me. Sun stand still. How many of you pray that every single morning? You're like, alhamdulillah, and then you're like, Come on, I'm Lord, you are gonna you're gonna do amazing things, sun stand still. How many of you prayed for the sun to stand still? Are you not bold or what? Come on. Hey, Joshua prayed for the sun to stand still over Gideon and you moon over the valley of Agilon. So the, moon, the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged its own enemies. As it is written in the book of Joshua. the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down for about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Now that's a bold prayer. God stopped the sun. You see, Joshua started to get victory over these and they were on the run. And Joshua knew, God, I need to finish this business. How many of you prayed, God, just give me a little bit more time? How many of you run out of time in your day and just go like, if I could just have a bit more time? Joshua's like, God, if I can just have a bit more time, we wanna finish this battle. And so under siege, he prays for the stands to stand still and the sun stands still. And so what happens is that it doesn't go down for a full day. Now I wanna tell you, if you need a bar one for a 25 hour day, you would need two bar ones for this particular day. Now, most of you know that the sun can't stand still because the sun is still, so the earth rotates around the sun. So, let me give you this picture 6.660 trillion. Now, I don't know if you know what a 60 trillion is, it's a number. So, if a million's got six knots, and a billion's got nine, 60 trillion has 21 naughts behind it. 6.660 trillion tons of spinning gravel in space. God caused it to stand still. You tell me God can't move heaven and earth. He causes it to stand still so that they can get the victory over their enemies. And God delivers them from their enemies and sends hailstones to destroy them. What can God do when you start praying bold prayers, dangerous prayers? You know, there's a book called The Circle Maker. Some of you might have actually read it. It's by a guy called Mark Batterson. And he says this, and I'm gonna read it to you. Bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dream or your boldest prayer. He is, however, offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they may be insulting to God. Think about it. I don't know about you, but on a scale of one to 10, how bold are your prayers? Because I questioned this, even prepping the sermon. I'm like, a lot of my prayers are God, make me problem-free. God, make me stress-free. God, make me pain-free. And I've just realized, and I'm starting as a Christian to actually just realize how bold are my prayers for God? Even as a pastor, how bold are my prayers for God? Are my prayers lame, dull, predictable? Okay, as I start praying, God goes, oh, here we go again. (laughs) Lord, bless me. I wanna tell you something, are your prayers more about you or your prayers about God? Are you on mission for you or are you on mission for God in your prayers? You see, I believe God wants us to pray bolder, dangerous prayers. Not saying bold, dangerous things to God, but actually praying bold, dangerous prayers where God can use us. Bold, dangerous prayers that actually say, search me, break me, send me. Just like Peter Moon. Your prayers matter, what you pray matters, and how you pray matters. Prayer should stretch you, it should require faith, it should ask you to step out in courageously, it should ask you to leave the safe zone behind to move to the unsafe zone. I wanna pull up a picture quickly. So every year we go on holiday to, um, the Cedarburg, and there is this rock called Malchat. Anybody been to Malchat in the Cedarburg? Come on, some of you, that we've got some hands there. This is a big rock, and so this jump where my kids are sitting on that ledge is about eight meters. Now I know you go, oh, eight meters, whatever. You know when you're sitting underneath looking at eight meters up, it doesn't look so high. When you sit eight meters up, you look down, you go like, whoa, whoa. So every year we used to take our kids there and I'd take them to Margat. Every year since they were babies, since they were still in Rockers, we'd take them to Cedarburg every year. I love the Cedarburg. But as we get there, every year I take them to Margat. I'm like, come on my boys, jump, jump. My wife's like, they're only six months old. Come on, jump, come on. Every year, next year they're one years old. Come on, jump, two years old, come on, jump. I wanna let you know, last year my son jumped for the first time and he was eight years old it was it was a really big moment my daughter did the same thing and she jumped from the eight meter and what is so significant is if you look on the bottom you can hardly see it that's me in the water and so even as they were jumping this time around I was in the water and I said don't worry daddy's here don't worry daddy's in the water I'm not going to let anything happen to you just jump I got you I think in our prayers, God needs us to get more dangerous in the way that we move. I'm going, you know, when you jump, you're going to love this. You may think it's dangerous, but I want to let you know, when you jump, you may go down, but I'm going to bring you up. You are going to come up out of any situation. God is sitting there going, jump. I've got you. I need you to be courageous. I need you to take the step. Even if you're scared, do it anyway. If you put scripture to this, seek me first. Just have a look at me. Don't look at anybody else. Just look at me. You can do this. I've been in you, you can do this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Don't worry, I will direct your steps. Move a little left, jump here. Don't jump over there, jump, just jump to me. This is how God wants us to pray, He needs us to step off the ledge into a place that may be uncomfortable for us. I wanna tell you my son didn't stop jumping the rest of the day. He's like, I wanna jump again, I wanna jump. Bold prayers will get you to keep praying bold prayers because you're gonna start seeing miracles when God starts to move in a mighty way. Start realizing, are you on the cliff playing it safe? When God's saying, I've got you. Quickly to close in summary, I wanna give you a picture Maybe on a scale of one to 10, I wanna ask you this question, if you could bring up that scale quickly. How amazed are people by your boldness for Jesus? In your friendship circles, in your your Facebook pages, in your work environments, at the braai, I know I was amazed for Jesus Yesterday, when the Booker, oh my hat, got a lot. Come on, Jesus, come on, look. We cannot lose to the All Blacks, guys. Come on, man. We, we have the best rugby team early Christians post Pentecost, you know Peter would have denied Jesus and he would have felt insecure in that moment. But when he got filled with the Holy Spirit post Pentecost, we actually see that they they had a different, a different demeanor about them. There was a courage about them. And so what happens is Peter's walking into the city and there's this gate called the gates of beautiful. And there's this guy, he's been there for 40 years, 40 years. And for 40 years, this guy's been sitting there lame. And he goes, please, sir, may I have some money? Peter looks at him and he says, silver and gold have a none, but get up and walk. What happens next is he starts to walk and everybody's amazed in Jerusalem. They can't believe it. The they are trying to, like, they're trying to calm the crowds down. They're going like this, we can't have this, these Jesus freaks, we can't have them. And all of a sudden they call them in and they say to them, listen, we're gonna arrest you because you can't just heal them. But the next day they realize they can't arrest him because the people of Jerusalem are going like, what are you talking about? He just healed a man. But you know, while they're busy speaking to the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin actually say it themselves. They must have been with Jesus. There's a different power about them. I want to ask you in your morning prayers, when you get to the afternoon, do people in your workplace go, they must have been with Jesus? Think about it. So what happens is Peter comes back, Peter and John get released because they can't hold him for anything. But the Sanhedrin say to them, listen here, if you carry on with this, if you carry on with this, we promise you we will persecute you and we will execute you. So Peter and John left for the Maldives and they retired happily ever after. They got an amazing home and they had families. They even had puppies and they lived happily ever after. They prayed every day, and they read their Bibles. God, thank you for being so amazing, use me. And so they just went by their daily lives. That didn't happen with them. They literally said, persecution, execution, bring it on because the gospel is too important for this. Jesus is too powerful for this. Even if you do, Jesus, we realize that our eternity is secured. And so everyone understood the implications as disciples that there would be persecution, there would be possible execution. So they didn't flee to hiding safe zones. They stayed in the game. Are you staying in the game? Are you in a dangerous game? because I can tell you following Jesus ain't a safe place. So I need you to shake it off and get out of your spot. I need you to get ready to do something dangerous because God wants us to face our persecutions and things that come against us. And so they prayed this. This is what they prayed, Acts 4, 29, 31. They said, and now Lord, look upon their threats, the Sanhedrin, and grant your servants To continue to speak your word with? Come on, say it like you mean it. And when they they had prayed, remember, when they had prayed, it's funny, as you pray, all of a sudden things start to happen. The place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God. Come on, that's what we, that's Christianity, guys. And so if you wanna be bold, I wanna give you a quick three points in closing. Can I get the keys up if that's possible? The first one is bold prayers. You need to pray, pray, play, play. You need to pray bold prayers in you. What do I mean by that? Well, David says in Psalms 139, you wanna pray the most dangerous prayer you've ever prayed in your entire life? Pray this prayer. Psalms 139, 23 to 24 says, search me God and know my heart. And this is the dangerous part, test me. Lord. when I'm sitting at home and I'm alone and I'm on my screen time and nobody's around and I'm just scrolling through things and other stuff pops up that can distract you, Lord, know my heart and test me. When you're doing a business deal and you have the opportunity to make a lot of money but it's without integrity, Lord, search my heart and test me. When you're sitting in a workplace and you're starting to build relationships between either a male and a female male and the other way around and you, and you're sitting and you're building and you, you find that you're giving other, this other person more attention than you should be giving your spouse, Lord, search my heart and test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in a way of everlasting. That's a dangerous prayer. And we can see that Paul did that. We saw in verse 29 where he says, now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servant. You see, there there wasn't an absence of threats. I see the threats. They're there, they're gonna make fun of me. When I stand up for Jesus, other people are gonna try and put me down. They're gonna tell me I'm wrong. But you know what Peter said? <laughs> Consider their threats and enable your servant. Pray that you make me bold, Lord, to be able to speak your word bold so that I get on mission for God. In, prayer, in answer to prayer, your fear will melt away in that moment. You see, boldness isn't, is not a constant though. I want you to really know that you have to pray for that every day. You don't just go, God, make me bold. Think about it, my son was jumping from the rock. Every day after school, I'm like, take off your school uniform and go get something to eat. And it's like, he doesn't hear me. <laughs> I'm like, have you made your breakfast yet? He doesn't hear me. Have you, have you brushed your teeth yet? But when he was in a dangerous zone, he heard the words of his father. When you are bold, you'll start to hear the words of the father. You see, the mundane things sometimes will happen in life, but when you wanna hear the the words of the Father, be courageous to step out. Even the Apostle Paul experienced this, and this is why he asked the Ephesians church to pray for him. He said, pray that I may declare the gospel boldly as he ought to speak it. Remember, these guys are going on mission for God. They're not praying, they're not knowing their prayers. God, will you just, will you give me this business deal so that I can have a big house and my kids can go to private schools? was than that, and sometimes our prayers become about that. I do, God wants to provide. He says that he provides all your needs according to his riches and his glory, but that scripture actually says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Realize that it's his righteousness that has paid for you to walk boldly into a throne room. You don't have to worry about the daily life thing when you're ready to walk into the throne room when you accept Jesus Christ into your Lord, as your Lord and Savior. The second thing is that bold prayers need to go through you. We can see in verse 30 in Acts 4. It says, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant. After they prayed, that place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word boldly. I wanna let you know that it's not your power when you start to pray, God works through me. It's not about your actions. It's about the Holy Spirit's power through you. You do not heal people. Jesus Christ heals people. But you can be an available vessel when you ask it. But I also wanna encourage you, act boldly in those moments. Don't pray to be a bold Christian and then get an opportunity and you go. Act out the miracles when the opportunity. God often gives a spirit of empowerment, boldness, in spite of you feeling your fears. He asks you to step out in faith. And when you do that, God will be with you. He actually says in Matthew 10 that He will give you the spirit in your mouth to be able to speak words that you don't even understand. But you gotta step out boldly. The last thing, bold prayers around me. Bold prayers are contagious. And one thing happens when you have miracles around you, Paul describes it in Philippians 1.14, he says, and most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by his imprisonment are much more bold now to speak the word. You see, Paul was in a horrible place, but nobody told Paul that because he was still on mission for God. He didn't look at the circumstances of God, you are not working for me, right now." He said, this circumstance, cool, God, I'm gonna use it because I'm gonna keep praying bold prayers and that encouraged other people to keep going. We need to have a whatever it takes, bold prayer attitude. The best way to start a movement of boldness is just for you to take the first step. Let's bow our heads quickly and close our eyes. As your eyes are, your heads are bowed and we're gonna close our eyes now, I just wanna wanna mention three things and I want you to consider them as I mention them. Boldness attracts opposition. Don't think you're gonna pray for boldness and then rainbows and unicorns are gonna come out of the sky and make you feel like you're surrounded by marshmallows and pink raindrops. Because when you're praying for boldness, you're praying, God, please give me the strength to push through no matter what. If you are not ready to face a spiritual opposition, then maybe you need to ask yourself, are you ready to be used by God? because God demands and commands us to be bold, to go out and make disciples. Second thing is trusting for miracles often is required when you are bold. So you will start to see miracles But when you walk in obedience with God, I wanna let you know that you're not gonna be surprised by the miracles. (laughs) Because the disciples weren't surprised anymore. They knew God was acting out those miracles. It didn't say, wow, he got healed, wow. We will share those testimonies. But they were not surprised because they knew God was about to do something immeasurably more than they could ever ask, imagine, or think through the power of the Holy Spirit that was at work in them through Jesus Christ. And the last thing, boldness always requires faith. I don't know what your faith tank looks like today. I wanna encourage you, just pray a bold prayer. Be obedient and be faithful. Now, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I recognize that some of you today might not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But the fact that you're sitting here today is no accident. <laughs> you are here for an appointed time as today. And maybe this is your very first bold step you're ever gonna make in your entire life. But I promise you that this bold step is not something you're gonna do alone. You've, I'm sorry you've had to carry the weight up until this point. But I wanna let you know that by yoking yourself with Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit will rise in you. He will equip you. He will power, empower you to be able to do the will. You are gonna see things happen in your life that you never expected, but it's because of God's grace, because of His mercy. And I wanna let you know, you could not earn this grace. You could not earn this mercy of Christ. He gave it as a gift, and all you need to do is receive it. So if you wanna receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, I don't wanna mince words. Guys, don't waste any more time. Now's your time. Jesus is waiting. He stands at the door as you knock, He's there. He's gonna walk a journey with you. But He also wants to walk an eternal journey with you. And I don't want you to waste your time on this earth, just ready to die and not live without purpose. I want you to get purpose in you. And His name is Jesus. He is the purpose. He is the Messiah. And so if you wanna accept Jesus Christ, your Lord, and say, I wanna give you an opportunity just to raise your hand quickly. Jesus died for you, he is the King of kings, Lord of lords, seated on the throne. The angels are worshiping right now, billions of angels worshiping, and he died for you so that you could share eternity with Him. So if you wanna receive that now, raise your hand, one, two, three, you can raise your hand, thank you very much, on the side. Now I wanna make sure that you, I don't want you to leave here today until you've realized that you have an appointment with the Messiah, so if you, this is your opportunity. One more chance. Raise your hand and we want to pray for you. Maybe, church, you can pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner and I'm saved by grace. I ask you for forgiveness of my sins. I ask you to change my direction. As I point my eyes on you, I ask you to make a way. I thank you, Lord God, that my eternity is set. I thank you now, Jesus, for my salvation. And all God's people said, amen. Can we give a round of applause for all of those that raised their hands? We're gonna say goodbye to our family online. Thank you for being here. Guys, we can't wait. This is the first of our Dangerous Prayer series. We can't wait to see you. We have a 6 p.m. service that is gonna party like rock stars tonight. I encourage you, I invite you. Why don't you bring a friend? It is gonna be amazing. God bless. Have a great Sunday.